Oh, it's going to be a dilly. And it's the news, according to me. Good Thursday morning. It's Thursday morning, August 17th, 7.25 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'm at the home office on a completely off day, except that I've got more work to do today than I've had in the last five days. But I have a cup. I have a cup, which is important. Good morning, folks. Welcome aboard. It's, uh, it's the news according to me. Not according to you, not according to anybody else. It's just according to me. I just have my own opinions. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a lawyer. I am not a epidemiologist or a uh, proctologist. I'm not. I'm also not a life coach. I am. There's a lot of things I'm not. I've got a. I've got a long list of things here. I'm not going to get through it all before the show's over. So uh, the um, some interesting things have been going on. One one is um, this, the whole, all these cases. Of course, there's another indictment. Of course, of course, uh, it's another day, so it's another, another indictment. Uh, why not throw a few more on there yet? The um, the lunacy of the left it, it may not be so lunacy. There, there's there's must be somebody with some brains behind all this all these lunatics because I there's a, a good theory. Mr. Reagan, uh, Chris, uh, what's his name? I, what was he? Uh, the channel, Mr. Reagan came on today and had a very good, and if you get a chance, it, it's, it's worth listening to it because he really does lay it out, I think, um, much better than I will probably. I have a few things that I w- I'm going to uh, spin off on, of course, because that's, what, that's all I do. This, 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 sh- this should be called the Bunny Trail Podcast. I mean, so maybe I'll start one. I'll start a podcast called the Bunny Trail because I'm already, see, I'm on one right now. That's, that's what, I'm not even three minutes into the show and I'm, already on a bunny trail about another podcast about bunny trails. This is how ridiculous my brain works. I have, it's, it's worth, it's worth, just go to Mr. Reagan. Um, just type, type in Mr. Reagan. I think on you, let's, let's see what happens here. I'll, I'll try to guide you through it. We'll do this. Um, we're going to type in YouTube here. YouTube, right there it is. I got it on a quick, on a quick link. Type in YouTube, and then we're going to search. We're going to search for Mr. Reagan. See what happens here, Mr. Reagan. See what happens. Yeah, very very first thing that comes up is Mr. Reagan's podcast. Now, this is the or if you want to get real specific, you go, go uh, type in Mr. Reagan and then Democrat plan to steal twenty twenty four. Um, they are. It's 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 pretty good. Uh, he lays it out in, a, I think, in a very straightforward manner about what the the plan is, and and it's not just some off the off the wall lunatic idea that has been actually been published. There's some Democrats that have actually spoken about this, trying to keep Trump off the ballot. That's basically what it is, and all of this stuff has a lot to do with that, but it also has nothing to do with something else that's very important. And that is what's in my cup. I have, um, I have chai with uh, vanilla. It's a vanilla chai with uh, Cinnabon creamer, of course. If it was Almond Joy creamer, you'd probably know that I was at the international home office. International office. This is the home office, not the international office. International headquarters of the news according to me. I have, um, also have a backup cup because I'm going to be doing some camping in the next few days. Hopefully, if I can get the camper ready to go. Today, I've got a few other projects I need to work on. My mower's not been acting up. It's been, it's been finally started. I got my mower running, by the way. Started up last night. Everything started up. Everything was, seemed to be working just fine. Went to turn it around so I could do some cleaning up and sharpening the blades and that kind of thing. I went to pull it forward, turned it around, and noticed that there was something like I thought it looked like water on the uh, on the driveway. And I looked down and noticed that there's a look like oil. I was like, oh, this looks like more like oil. And then I noticed that it looked more like more like uh, hydraulic fluid. Apparently, one of my hydraulic hoses, just some, it's a random, totally different issue. It's apparently leaking because it, uh, the, there's a, ironically, uh, this is the bunny trail, by the way. There, there's, a, there's these little metal, some, some wise guy had the idea to put metal retaining clips on the chafe protectors over the, over the hoses, the hydraulic hoses. Now, the chafe protectors are there to protect the hoses from 
anything vibrating, you know, vibrating holes into the, into the hydraulic fluid, hydraulic lines. They're, they're made out of rubber. And the, uh, the metal <clears throat> holder for this thing slipped around and got up against the other hydraulic hose, wore a hole through the chafe protector and into the hose of the other. You know, if they wouldn't have had the chafe protectors on there, they wouldn't have had the retainers and the retainers wouldn't have worn away, worn a hole through the other side, through the other hose. So now I've got a hose. Of course, it's got a weird end on it that I, th I think I'm going to have a hard time finding. It's just a, it's not, not just going to be a standard, uh, standard fix, I don't think. I may have to go to a specialty shop and get it done. So once I get that done, you know, it's just, that's not going to make it mow any better. It's just going to fix the problem that's already there. So hopefully it, gets, it runs again after I get all that done. I don't know what else is going on with that. <clears throat> so that's what's happening in my, my world right now with my mower. So anyway, the, in the other cup, I have a backup cup. I'm going, I, the uh, backup cup is homemade sweet tea. And I think I have to say, I think this may be one of the best, one of the best uh, batches of sweet tea I've made. Now, <clears throat> I, uh, I obviously don't always, you know, I, I, it's, I mean, most of my homemade batches are pretty good. Usually better than anything I get in a store. Or a restaurant, but but this one uh, is is exceptionally good. It's probably in the, in the top five of, of of all the times I've made sweet tea. It's probably it's got the it's got the right strength. I, I went to a place called Dinosaur Barbecue the other night in where was I? Syracuse, New York. I was in Syracuse, New York. Uh, not last night, but the night before. There's a little place there called Dinosaur Barbecue. I walked over there. It's about a, about a mile and a half walk. I went down 19 floors on the stairs at the hotel, the Crown Plaza there. And I went down, uh, went down to the, uh, well, walked over to the uh, restaurant. Got right in. It was, the place was busy, packed as could be, and... Uh, the lady was nice enough to, she, you know, she felt bad for me because I was there all by myself. Some, some lonely loser coming in there all by himself. And she, she wanted to make sure I got a seat. So she gave me this little seat back in the corner. Uh, it was actually in the closet. No, it was back, back, back in the corner, just a little two, two place, uh, place that she just happened to open up. She, I wasn't even there five minutes and she got a seat for me. And, uh, because the place was packed and it was here. It was a Monday night. It was packed. It's just amazing. No, it was Tuesday night. Tuesday night. It was Tuesday night. And um, so I got in there, it, ordered my food. It came right out. I had, uh, the, I had the pulled pork and a, and a quarter chicken, macaroni and cheese and some cornbread and coleslaw. And they brought out, cold, they brought out uh, a sweet tea. And it was, it was just about the right sweetness. It wasn't too sweet. And it wasn't, wasn't you know, you could tell it was sweet, but it wasn't too sweet. So the sugar, the sugar content, they got that down right. The only problem was it was a little too strong. The tea itself was a little too strong, a little too concentrated. It was good. I mean, it, sure, it was good, but it was it was a little too strong. Now this this so you know, there's a lot of things to blend here. You got you got the sweetener. You got the you have to steep it in a certain way for a certain amount of time so it doesn't get I call bitter. It also also can't be too strong. So you have to get the right amount of water mixed in with the steeping, and uh, it, it's not always real consistent sometimes. And then you have you know a certain amount of time it has to sit there in the steep in the in the boiled water not not don't boil it but you take the boiled water and you put it in there. and then you put the, the sugar in to let it caramelize so it has to it has to be a, it's a caramelization process while it's still hot then you can cool it down pour it over ice and it becomes iced tea well if you do anything if you just try to take lukewarm water the, the, the whole sun tea thing that that works it's just regular tea by the way. It's not, there's no difference between sun tea and regular tea. You just put tea in a tea bag and put it in the sun. Give it enough time, it, it's going to steep. Not as well, though, however. And if there's anything bacteria-wise within the tea itself, within those tea leaves that are in that bag, it will not it will not sanitize it, which is, you know, may or may not be good. I mean, it could be good bacteria or bad bacteria. It's, it's, most bacteria in tea is typically what's called coliform bacteria. 
and it's it it's not really harmful to your body. It may give you. You may have to run to the restroom a few times. That's about it. But the the um, but the problem is, um, the you know they 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 just left it a little bit too concentrated. I think what the problem was really is that they ha- they made it so that basically you would take if you make the tea and you keep it warm and you keep it concentrated, then you pour it over a cup, you know, you fill up your cup with ice and you pour it over the ice. It melts the ice and then you have more water. It reduces the concentration and it makes it just about right. But that's a, you're talking about getting into a really, really, you know, you can, you risk the idea of, you know, occasionally getting it quite wrong if you don't do it quite right. So the, the yes, interesting stuff. Anyway, enough said about that. Let's get back to what's the, the, the issue at hand here. Of course, now probably I have, probably haven't even been recording, but I should probably check and make sure it's still recording. So I have um, – there's one issue with all of this stuff that's going on right now. And I think, I think that there's a huge distraction. And this, is part of the, this is part of the ploy. I don't think that all the people who are involved – I think the people who are involved in these cases, this, this guy who um, – in my opinion, the the one prosecutor who's gone after Trump and who's announced you know these these charges against Trump every time. Now we had this, the prosecutor in in Georgia that's going after Trump for interfering with their state election. Um, I think this one has the most potential. Of course, now they're saying this is the most perilous one. This is the most perilous one. They're using the word perilous. Um, there is a reason why they're saying that it's perilous, and it's. But I think it's. I think it's more perilous for other other reasons than what they're citing, because this is a RICO thing that they're going after him on. And frankly, I think that, and of course, that's a pretty serious charge. But I th- I think that there's actually more to this, and I'm not so sure that how do I lay this out so it makes more sense. There's a couple of things going on. There's there's some a, a couple of different attacks that are going on. All of a, kind of out of the blue, all of a sudden, with some of this stuff. And I and I'm not sure that it you know some of it doesn't make sense. Some of it does. <clears throat> but I think what's important here is that we realize we have a person somewhere, a group behind the scenes who are setting this stuff up and directing these people because they're not just – and now this could be evidence of things unseen, which is what – there's two different ways this could go. This could be like a George Soros behind the, behind the scenes with his people, his team. It's not George Soros, but his, his son maybe or his team, the team of people that he – the open society that he funds could very easily – be the ones who are behind the scenes t- directing these AGs because these are people that he, paid, he bought and paid for. They're, they're, uh, it, there's no secret that the Soros foundations and, and, and money behind the scenes has paid for a lot of campaigns of a lot of these AGs. He, he knows what he's doing. You know, he knows the state attorney generals are very key, especially in state elections, because they – look what happened over COVID – State Attorney General stepped in and, and changed the rules illegally, it was determined later, because they didn't, they didn't follow the, because it, it was an emergency, it was a state emergency, we had to do this. No, no, you still, still you can call an emergency, you just do the election the way it's supposed to be done. There was nothing stopping them from doing the election the way it's supposed to be done. Well, no, people couldn't go out, people couldn't go out, they're all locked up, they're all locked inside, sheltered in place. Which was ridiculous. <clears throat> so they couldn't. So they couldn't vote unless they did mail-in ballots. Everybody's going to do mail-in ballots. It's an emergency. Um, and the AG stepped in and did this without any. You know, the state congresses did, did, didn't do anything. And it's, it was a completely legal move. The state attorney generals did not have the authority to do that. And it's been. It's been in most states, <clears throat> and it's been determined that those votes were not cast legally. Because they, they screwed up their own elections. The state attorney generals should be the ones who interfered with the election and should be the ones on trial right now, the ones who did that, who overstepped their authority. <clears throat> but, of course, they're the state attorney generals. Who's going to prosecute them? Oh, well, I need to prosecute myself. 
They should be impeached at least. They, their state congresses should impeach them and, and fire them, get them out. But of course, that's in some cases they're elected, so it's really difficult to do that with an elected official. Now, having said that, <clears throat> the one thing that I think we need to understand, the goal, the end game goal, and I think, I think this is where Mr. Reagan, I think uh, the channel which watched that show, it, it, I think it explains things probably better than I will. But their, their end game is to keep Trump off of the ballots in certain key states. If you look at the states they're going after, Florida, of course, D.C., that's just a – again, that's just another pawn, a, a player, if you will, a, a positioning of the charges. It's, the, it's, it's more about the charges in the, some of those states. The AGs in most of the, the, the swing states and – and this is where I think Mr. Reagan did his research on this. He looked, at, he looked all around to see where the, the key states are. They're almost all of the attorney generals in the key states, the purple states, swing states are called are Democrat swing states. And the one in Georgia is a never-Trumper. Now, if Trump becomes the nominee, I think, I think they're even trying to keep him off of the ballot for the primary. I think, I think that's really the key here. This is why they want to get these trials done quickly because they want to get it done before the primary so that these states can come out and say, we are not going to allow Trump to be on because he's, a, he's, a, he's been indicted. He's been a... He's a He's a, he's a criminal. He's a known felon or whatever. And we can't, we can't have a felon running for president. Or, and we're not going to put him on our ballot. I think this is the way it's going to work out. I, it, this is, it's, it's all theoretical right now, but I'm, somebody has a plan. And I, I don't believe it's just these two-bit – boy, there's all kinds of descriptors I could use here. Uh, people. Is it Jack Smith? Is that the guy's name? Look at, look, look at that picture of him. I can't remember what his name is. Uh, let me look at it because I, I just – it bugs me. I can't, can't remember this guy's name because I want to call him for who he is. I, th I think Jack Smith may be a different different person. Um, yeah, let me, let me just pull this up and I'll see, see who Jack Smith is here. Uh, yeah, it's, it's Jack Smith. Uh, when he first came out, with his little announcement, two things J just spoke extremely shouting from his body language and the, his, the way he speaks, his, his, vocal, his vocal tones, the way he speaks. Body language is one thing. Another thing I watched, it's, it's kind of weird. I, I'm not a body language expert. However, I do, I do consider myself a bit of – one thing I guess I do consider myself a bit of an expert on is, is vocal, vocal tonation. This guy is incredibly insecure as an individual, but he's extremely insecure about these charges. I don't believe he's the one who came up with all this. This is where it, where it comes down to. I think there's his team and his people around him or the people above him are the ones who came up with, all, with most of these ideas about how he's charging Trump because he's not, he's not grounded in what he's saying. In other words, he, when, he, when he speaks, he's not speaking from his gut. He's, he's speaking from this idea. He's in the middle of it. Don't get me wrong. He's in the middle of it and he's, he's, not, he's not a stupid person. He's smart enough to get where he's at. Um, I shouldn't say he's not, he's not ignorant of the law, but he's, he might be doing something stupid. When he speaks, he's, he's not speaking out of any sense of confidence. He is speaking out of a – one of his motivations is to create a name for himself. He's, he's trying to be Mr. Man of the Hour, important guy who's going to – the one who's going to put Trump down. The big villain, the big orange man bad, the monster. We're going to take, take him down. Because he knows that for the rest of his life, he will have a spot on MSNBC, on CNN, wherever it is. He will be, he'll be ele elevated in the powers that be. He will be an oligarch. 
forever. He'll be hailed as the anointed one, at least for a little while. And then, then there's this uh, prosecutor down in uh, Georgia. I, I, most people, if I pointed it out, if I, if I played what she said, um, now let's just let's see if I can find her. I can find that video pretty quickly here. Uh, Georgia, Georgia. Now let's see what we've got here. Here she is. Um, the Georgia district attorney uh, discusses indictment of Trump and election of others. In yeah, she's, she's her uh, Fanny. Fanny Willis, that's her name. Big Fanny. She has a big Fanny. Big Fanny Willis. Uh, the biggest Fanny in Georgia. Or is it Fanny? Fanny. I don't know. Fanny. Uh, I don't. I haven't, yeah, she has a big Fanny. The the, uh, the her. <laughs> she ends up. She she has a uh, extremely, like extremely, really bad, uh, vocal content here with this whole thing. Uh, li listening to uh, Robert Gaveo, a defense attorney from Austin, from uh, Arizona, who has uh, watching the Watchers. I think is his. It's not. That's not his channel. Uh, type type in watching the Watchers. I think he'll get something else on YouTube. But he, on Rumble, it's watching the Watchers. And I think it's uh, watching the Watchers is his, the name of his organization, basically. Anyway, it's just Robert Gaveo on YouTube. But he. Uh, excellent analysis of this whole thing. He spends a couple hours going through it. He, he has about a two-hour show every day. But in the first hour and a half is just typically just going over cases currently in the, in the country. And then he goes over the uh, – of course, right now it's a hotbed because of all the stuff that's going on. But he, but he also has a, about a half hour or so where he just answers people's questions that are on, on his uh, site. Uh, this lady, Fanny <clears> – <throat> Big fanny. She she um, incredibly, first of all, incompetent. Uh, this is someone who doesn't doesn't know what they're doing. It's it just and, and it comes and I'm talking about her vocal tone. She just she just has no idea what she's doing. And I think that her the, the biggest problem she's got here is that she is a. She's a puppet. And again, uh, this is the state of Georgia. You've got Kemp as the lawyer or as, as, the, gen, as the governor, <clears throat> general, the governor. And he has a, you know, Raffensperger is the attorney general down there. Now, they, they are never Trumpers. They, Kemp came out initially, uh, I, think, I think in support of Trump and then he backed out became a never-Trumper at some point, or, or maybe it was the other way around, came out as a never-Trumper, and then he claims he became a Trump supporter. And I also found out some, oh, by the way, this, this whole thing about this Trump-appointed judge, this Trump-appointed Trump judge, I keep talking about this Trump-appointed judge, or Trump, that this other guy, this uh, David Weiss, the guy who's now the special, special counsel, not, not independent counsel, special counsel. He... Uh, everybody says he was Trump appointed. He was not Trump appointed. The news has now come out. It's finally been broken out that two Del Delaware senators proposed his name and Trump went along with it. He was not picked by Trump. They were, he was picked by two Democrat senators from Delaware. He is not a Trump supporter. He's not... Typically, most presidents, when when they coming from a particular state, when a district, you know, when a, a judge like this, when this happens, typically, the pre sitting president will take the advice, the recommendation from the senators from that state, and because they were both Democrats, it's what they got. They got this was a Democrat appointed judge or lawyer, prosecutor, whatever you want to call it, prosecuting attorney, whatever, federal prosecutor. 
Well, I don't know what he is. I'm not a legal guy. But he's special counsel now. And, what, and he was not – they keep saying, well, he was Trump appointed. Somehow that's supposed to make it fair. Well, he's on Trump's side. He's Trump appointed. He must be Trump on Trump's side. It, this, this is just a ridiculous statement. Why, why did he even bother mentioning it? Now, at the same time all this stuff is going on, there is an attack going on with Clarence Thomas. Clarence Thomas is under attack because of some things that happened to him 15, 20 years ago. Gifts that he took. All of a sudden, all this information about his receipts, text messages, emails, letters, bank statements, it's all, all of a sudden this stuff's all leaking out from somewhere. Where's this coming from? Gee, I wonder if it has anything to do with the FBI's ability to surveil us all and then hold on to information until the very end. As the FBI has become an intelligence agency, not a law enforcement agency. They put everybody under investigation. And that way they can't comment on anything. The one key player, I think, in the Supreme Court that I think the one, the one person who would push, in fact, he was the only one who was really pushing for allowing the election issues to come to rise. To the, he, he thought the Supreme Court should have the ability to rule on some things. Clarence or uh, Roberts, the only reason Roberts didn't want, he's the chief, whatever he is. The only reason he didn't want to take the case, the only reason wasn't because it didn't have merit. It wasn't because it didn't have standing. He didn't want the Supreme Court deciding the election because we didn't have riots back in 2000 the last time we did it. We have riots now. We can't be doing it. He's afraid of the mob. He's afraid of the riots. He didn't want to cause more riots, so he, he just... Let's just not take it. This is called a coward. That's what you are when you do that. You're a coward. We have uh, Clarence Thomas, who was very vocal about it, I think, at the time. Uh, he didn't make a big stink about it, but he was very vocal about the fact that, no, the Supreme Court needs to follow the law, follow the case, not be based on what the mob rule is. They're not dictated to by the, by the mob. And that's literally what it was. Literally. Well, now let's, let's just call it a gathering. They're not mob tactics. They're just a gathering. But when Trump confers with his lawyers or talks to other state officials, that's RICO. That's racketeering. That's what that is. The charges are ridiculous, and I think everybody knows that they're ridiculous. Anybody who's looked into it at all understands. And of course, no, nobody – your typical average citizen out there isn't going to look into anything. They're just going to hear, oh, he's indicted again. He's indicted again. He's indicted again. All these indictments. Oh, he must be some kind of criminal. Yeah, let's take him off the ballot. He shouldn't be on the ballot. He should be locked up. Let's hope – a couple things that, I, that I've put together. Uh, one is the, 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 the vitriol that is coming from Big Fanny. Down in Georgia. It concerns me to no end. This group of individuals, this group of people. Now, I, I've been, I've spent plenty of time in Atlanta. I have seen, uh, there is a, it's, it's a powder keg in my opinion. It's a, there's, it's a very much a, it's a very uh, contentious area. In some places, there is a deep-seated hatred among some people down there. And I think it's manifested in, in what we're seeing with this whole thing. They, they want to get the mugshot. Now, this he has to surrender to himself by, I think, uh, next Friday. And they want the arraignment to, or the trial, whatever they're going to be doing is going to be on Monday. Now, <clears throat> here's what I think is going to happen. They're going to get, the, get him there on the arraignment by Friday for the, for the, for, to turn himself in. 
They're going to get a mugshot. It's like, we're going to treat him just like we treat everybody else. He's going to get a mugshot. Of course, and that's going to go on every T-shirt left to print in the country. It will be his, it will be his campaign billboard it will be his mugshot. He'll probably be booked and they will not, they're actually going to probably, this is, everybody, every place else has, has let him go, has let him walk. He's, an, he's a dangerous insurrectionist, but they let him walk on probation, let him walk on bail. Well, the RICO Act, there is no opportunity for that. The RICO Act has no bail. The RICO Act has no probation. It is mandatory prison time. You are considered a risk to risk to the public. This is a person who's under Secret Service protection. He's a risk to the public. They want to perp walk him. They want to put him in cuffs. And I believe they want him to sit for three days in prison. If he checks in on Friday, they will not check him out until Monday. I guess it's four days. If you can't count Friday and Monday, yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if they delay the thing once they got him in there. Now, the question is, and this is, is the Secret Service going to be next to him in that, in that jail cell? How, do you, how are you going to do that? They're in charge of keeping, his life, keeping him protected. They, they can't turn his, him over custody to anybody else. Is there going to be an Epstein moment here? I'm concerned, and this is where I'm really, really concerned. Again, because the hotbed in Georgia, the way it is, the way the factions are there, there are some people in Georgia, not in Atlanta. Oh, there probably are some in Atlanta. There are some communities in Georgia that are extreme Trump supporters. I think it is part of the poking of the bear that they are hoping the powers that be behind these puppets, these useful idiots, the planners of this whole thing, I believe they're hoping and maybe going to instigate. It's it's just now come out again. Speaking of instigation, it's just now come out that there are officers that participate with Antifa doing the things that they do. I believe there will be antagonists, provocateurs, involved in trying to get groups of people. This is, what they, this is their MO. This is what they've been doing. Their SOP has been this whole thing with Gretchen Whitmer, for example. This kidnapping plot was more instigated. Was, wasn't even the idea of the guys involved that got in trouble for it. It was, it was the feds that got, that got them rolling down that road. I, if, I don't, how that was not considered in trap. Well, the, one, the two, two of them got off. I didn't, the other two got charged. But I, it's, it's – two of my better lawyers than the other two. But the, the amazing thing to me here is that they – they really want to see him perp-walked. And the, the powers behind this, this whole thing, <clears throat> they want to stir up some kind of violence. I think they want to see some – it wells up in me saying, no, you're not going to put this man in prison. You're not going to do this. They're, they're trying to, to push the line here. And there is a line. I think that once it's crossed, there are going to be some people who are going to take up arms. 
there are going to be some people who resort to being the heroes. And it, it's going to play right into their hand, in my opinion. Because then they will crack down on all of us. Now, at some point, and I, I've, I've asked this question many times to many people, and I, I never get a straight answer. When, when is the point? So, so we have our weapons. We have these, these, the Second Amendment gives us these, you hear these guys, the Second Amendment guys, they're always saying, well, we have Second Amendment. It's not for hunting. It's not for target shooting. It's for, you know, for protecting us from tyranny. Okay, at what point? Does the tyranny line go so far? Because we can't do this as individuals. We can't. They're going to pick us off one by one. They're going to divide us. It's the old divide and conquer thing. Well, it's just this one group we need to take their guns away. It's just this other group that we just need to take their guns away. Well, this group is, you know, this, this is considered a dangerous group. You got people on the left saying that all white men are, are a danger to society. So at what point is the line crossed? Where is our red line in the sand, so to speak? I have never received an answer on that. Because most, most countries that have had their guns taken away have just sat around, okay, well, I guess we've got to do this. This is what the government decided. It was, okay, I guess we've got to just turn our guns in. Okay, there's a buyback. I guess we're going to paying us for them. It's not like they're taking them from us. They're buying us. So we'll turn our guns in. The next thing you know, they're closing down your bank account for giving to a trucking protest. They're freezing your funds. They're knocking on your door wanting to search your home. calling you a Nazi, an insurrectionist. It's, it's, this is where they go with this stuff. So I, it's, the question is, are we going to sit back and watch this happen and not, you know, what kind of action is, is, is appropriate in this case? I believe the state legislatures that are seeing this happen need to be informed immediately of what's going on here with the ballots. The heads of the Republican Party in each of these states. Now, here again, we get into this situation where I believe there are some people on the, in the Republican Party who don't want to see Trump in the, on the ballot for the primary. They don't even like, they don't like the guy. They would rather lose. They would rather lose the election. This, think about this. This happened in 2016. Glenn Beck was among the people who said, let's just let Hillary win this one and we'll come back and win the next one. We'll get it straightened out. If Hillary Clinton had won the 2016 election, we'd have never known any better. She would have continued on with the policies of Barack Obama the policies that she's been trying to push since 1992, 96, whenever it was she got it, I don't know. 92, I guess it was. She, she would have been probably more radical than anybody, even probably more so than, than Obama. Obama behind the scenes was extremely radical, extremely. But he is their messiah. You cannot touch him. You cannot say anything bad about Barack Obama because he was the most perfect president. He's like the nation's dad. That man is extremely corrupt. He's very good at it. Hillary Clinton was even more corrupt. What she was doing with the Clinton Foundation was probably 10 times worse than what Biden has done with his thing. And we're seeing how bad that was. Mitch McConnell is no different, in my opinion. John Kerry has deep connections to Iran. 
that we're talking about giving billions of dollars to so we can get a prisoner released. The, um, yeah, we're, we're going on with this thing with, um, The stuff that's being pulled out right now, uh, at the same time all this is going on, of course, you, got the, you have the special counsel now that it makes it sound like they're doing something. You realize this investigation into Hunter Biden, the, all the investigations have been going on for about six years. And they just now decide, oh, I think we need to have a special counsel for Hunter Biden. And have you heard, I don't, maybe most people haven't heard about this, the January 6th commission, they, had, they, they, they took in all the, they confiscated all of the video that happened on the White House. At the White House, there's, there's like two terabytes of data. I know there's more than a terabyte. I think it was close to two, two terabytes of data, of video, just for that one day during the, during the time of the insurrection. That's how much camera activity there was. They lost almost all of it. it. It came up missing. So now in the trials that, and, and the investigations that are going on right now with Congress, trying to investigate what, what, what actually happened on January 6th, video evidence is gone. Now, of course, Tucker Carlson had got a, got a hold of a bunch of it. Bunch of it was released to him, but there's a whole bunch more that they just lost. They just lost it. Just lost it. Whoopsie, whoopsie. Amazing. It just, it just amazes me. It's the same thing the FBI does. Uh, well, that was that was damaged. Uh, that was corrupted. The file was corrupted. We, uh, we lost that file. Uh, that that information, that it, uh, that evidence was apparently uh, misplaced or destroyed, accidentally destroyed. Don't have it anymore. How convenient. The server, the DNC server, was all taken apart and destroyed, wiped. Oops, oopsie, whoopsie. Hillary Clinton's server. Oopsie, whoopsie. And no charges are filed for, for talk about, talk about obstruction of justice. You're, you're deleting, you're destroying information that's been subpoenaed, evidence that's been subpoenaed, and you're getting away with that? Trump is holding documents that he believes are his. And he gets his house raided and charged with obstruction. Obstruction of what? Obstruction. It's just, it's just obstruction of any kind right now. I'm standing in the way of somebody at the, at the, in Walmart. My, my cart is in somebody's way. I'm, 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 I'm obstructing. Put him in jail. You know, this is just the world we want to well, I have now, I guess, is the question. It's pretty, pretty crazy here. We have, uh, yeah, it, it is pretty nutty uh, at this point. It's pretty nutty. The, uh, so, so here's my theory. They're doing all these indictments. They're doing all this stuff, knowing full well that it, it may or may not destroy Trump's, it's probably going to destroy his reputation among some independents, most of Democrats are trying to rally up the left to try to get the left. But there's even people on the left now that are saying, wait, wait a minute. This is a little bit ridiculous. And they know it's ridiculous. They don't care that it's ridiculous. Now, the, the, the useful idiots that are doing it, they think that they're, they're the ones who are going to bring him down. And of course, I think there's like a bounty on his head. Apparently, the person who brings him down, they know they're going to be highly rewarded within the left-wing left, the left -wing party, the left-wing media. So they're trying to be the heroes right now of the day, making history. I was the one who brought down that former president. They, they want to be that one. I slayed the dragon. 
So they're being, they're being pumped up with all this stuff. But that's, that's not what the end game is. They're just peons. They're just, they're just pawns in the process to get to the end. And, they, and again, of course, the end justifies the means. And the, the end game totally is to completely destroy the Republican Party. They want a one-party system. That's, that is, they have said so. They're now so vilifying the Republican Party. Now, everybody in the Republican Party is a racist, homophobic, fascist. That's just, that's just what they're, that's, that's the narrative that they put out there. Of course, this is coming from, you know, this is their projection on everybody else. It's this the party that has been the worst. And it, their, their policies are the ones that, my, in my opinion, are the ones that are screwing up the world more than anybody else's. You know, the Republicans do their share. Don't get me wrong. Establishment Republicans are not your friend necessarily. There's a few things that they'll, a couple, couple issues, a couple platforms that they'll continue to promote. You can pay attention to uh, Mike Pence, how he tries to always invoke God's name somehow in the Constitution. Well, by, you know, I, sw- I swore an oath. He'll mention God and he'll mention the Constitution. It's just more and more pandering, in my opinion. But tries to get that all in there. The... Uh, The main, the main plan here is that they are able to establish certain charges against Trump that can be used as a, as a means to keep him off of the ballots for the primary. I think – I don't even think they want him on the primary. Now, the problem with it is if he gets on the primary in certain states and doesn't in others, then he gets, does he go independent for the, for the general? Of course, the, as, an, as an independent, you're, it's pretty difficult. Frankly, I, I think if, if, if they continue to think that they're going to run Joe Biden against Trump again in, in a fair election this time, a legal, a legal election, I think that they are going to be overwhelmed with the landslide that's going to happen because they continue to say, well, you know, the, the, the economy is booming and and Joy Behar had the audacity the other day to say, the stock market's up, the economy's booming, people can put bread on their table now. That's not what's happening in the heartland here. And now gas prices are going up again because our strategic oil reserves are at an all-time low. Since they went into effect, they've never been lower I think it's, it was 1985. Is that when I can't remember? I remember this. I remember the, the news reports that starting a strategic oil reserve. I think it was back in the 19. It was in the was it in the 80s. It was sometime after the late 70s shortage, when when Jimmy Carter was the president, screwed everything up. I think it was it. It was 1978. Was when the oil first oil crisis happened, or the uh, energy crisis. Happened 50 years ago. And 40 years ago, whatever it was, 40-some years ago. And in the, um, I think that by 19, I think, there was, I think it, was, it was started under Reagan. I think, I think Reagan started the uh, Strategic Oil Reserve. And Trump, actually, it was, it was pretty far down when Obama was in office. And I think that... Uh, when, when Trump – fuel was – of course, we started this whole thing where we started becoming an energy independent. Of course, fuel prices dropped. Oil, oil prices dropped. So we were able to stock up on our uh, strategic oil reserves at, for very little money. I mean, it was pennies on the dollar compared to what it would be now. So we, were, we stocked up on oil reserves. And then in order to keep the prices down – for the 2022 election, Biden decides to tap into the strategic oil reserves. So a lot of it went to other countries. 
because they sold it on the op open international market. And guess what? Now it's down at an all-time low. Lowest it's been in like 40 years. So now we have to build it back up again. And of course, now the question is, do we become energy independent again? If we're able to do that, not importing any oil, not subservient to the Saudis or any other countries. And then we just turn around and, you know, recover this strategic oil reserves. This whole thing, this whole thing is, is part of a plan. It's, 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 of course, they want to vilify oil. They want to, of course, they can't. There are people who think that we can go to renewables by 2030. And that's not going to affect our, our country at all. It's not going to affect our economy. It's not going to affect people's lives. There are a lot of things that are going to happen in the next six years. I am not so sure that our nation will make it through the next six years without some kind of a... Right now, we're in a civil ideological war. And those on one side of the ideological war have no idea that they're even in, a, in a, an ideological... They have no idea what their ideology even is. I was listening to a report the other day. Uh, I think it was actually on uh, Megyn Kelly's show. I think she's on Newsmax now. And I don't, I don't like to watch her much. She, she, the way she dresses and stuff, I, I don't know. I just, there's just something about her that seems, she, she seems like a fairly smart person. But she's, I, I, I think she's got this image issue. But, but anyway, she... Um, yeah, there's just something about, about her. I just, I just don't, uh, I typically don't just click on anything she's putting out there. She did have one, one interview with this guy who discovered a lot of things about, about Barack Obama's past. And one of the big main things was that he was, his book was phony. His book was a work of fiction. Uh, it was the dreams of my father, dreams of my father, I think it was. And it's mostly mostly just all made up stuff. And of course, the one issue was why he ended up breaking up with his one girlfriend. Whereas she broke up with him was because he was a, had extreme anti-Semitism issues, and she that made her really uncomfortable. And and um, of course, now there was other things being that had been said behind the scenes about him having these fantasies about how he. Wanted to, well, stuff with men. But I digress. I had to take a sip of tea there to keep that from coming back up my stomach. Anyway, the, uh, I'm chewing on ice. Bunny trail. It's a bunny trail. It's an ice, it's a bunny trail made of ice. An ice covered bunny trail. So we had a, uh, this, this whole issue with him, uh, with this, with this book. Well, I was watching this show and, and watching this interview with, Megan Kelly. And this guy went on to talk about cer certain individuals who are really, you know, people who he really, uh, really admired and people who, he, you know, people he really held, held uh, in high esteem and were his mentors and people who had a large effect on his life. And this one person, he mentioned the person's name. I can't remember what it was now. I can't. But he was the person who basically put together and, and uh, established black liberation theology. And when he mentioned that, now he said, now I don't agree with everything that, you know, everybody, that, you know, he kept mentioning a couple other people, said, I don't agree, with, like, like uh, uh, Jeremiah Wright. He calls him Jerry, Jerry Wright. I call him Jerry. They're, 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 you know, they're on a pet name basis, I guess, or something, I don't know. So they, they had, um, I called him Jerry Wright. Anyway, he, he said, I, I don't agree with everything he says, uh, but, you know, just because if somebody says a couple of statements, I don't, I don't discount everything that they, they are as a person. Oh, well, that's big of you. That's, that's really big of you. Is that the way you are about Trump? Would you say that about Trump? Really? Uh, see, I, 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 
I don't think anything Jeremiah Wright has said has been any less of anything that Trump has said, according to what the news media would tell you, he said. But I, I guarantee you, I bet he won't just, won't, well, he's just, everything he says is wrong. I, I, just, I, agree, I, I just agree with everything. See, he, they didn't get into that. It, she didn't ask him what he, what he felt about Trump. But the, the whole point here is, he mentioned this black liberation theology thing. And I was like, well, ah. Uh, then it started to kind of come through as he was, the more he was answering questions. This guy obviously think, thinks very highly of himself. He's, a, he's kind of like a James Comey of the book writers. He's a person who thinks that he has such high ethics. That he's, he's above the, the, the crust. This is the way James Comey is. He thinks that he can work around ethical issues. Well, look, I can justify it by doing this, this, and this. I can't give this directly to the press, but I can give it to someone else to give to the press. That's, that's probably uh, the prime example, I think, of, of James Comey's virtue, his self-actualized virtue, he, where he, well, I, it would be unethical for me to just hand this to the press, but I'm going to hand it to my friend here who has the authority to have it, and then I'm going to let him give it to the press because I can't do that myself. And somehow that absolves him of any responsibility. It keeps him on the high moral ground. Well, I didn't actually strangle the person, but I, I asked this. I, I gave, you know, my gloves to this other person, told him to use them in a way that I, you know, would like to. Well, I didn't tell him to strangle him. It's just... Whatever. It's just his whole intent of giving the information to the, to the other individual was that they, it would get to the press. That's, that's my intent when I mail a letter. I, I give it to the post office guy with the intent of it being delivered. Am, am I, I guess I'm less culpable then of giving it to somebody. Whatever. I, it's just, just the, this kind of ethics is, is situational ethics. Kind of, it's almost the borderlines with that. So the black liberation theology, for those of you who don't know what that is, that just, it's, it's, look into it a little bit. You'll find that it's very evil. It's actually a very, it's a very twisted version of scripture that basically says that the, the black man is the chosen people now. It's, I'm, I'm paraphrasing it, probably not putting it into a very good... Like, but that's, but that's, they're, the, they're the downtrodden ones. They're the, they're the, and they, they use that as an identity. It becomes their identity because that's who somehow God favors them because of that identity. And, of course, it's the white man's fault. It, there's a whole ball of wax there that goes along with the black liberation theology and everything that they base off of those precepts. And it, it, it becomes a very – I think it's flat-out evil. I think it spits in the face of everything Jesus taught and what he did, on, did for us on the cross. I, I, just, I, just, I don't see it any other way. Anything that goes against what he did on the cross and what he, did, what he, what he was teaching, it, 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 it's a it's doctrine of a demon. I, I, don't, I don't know what else you call it. I don't know how else to explain that. Because it twists the truth. Anything that twists the truth is demonic. It intentionally does that. Now, if you're just have a mistake about, well, I was mistaken about something I thought was truth, but that's a mistake. If you're intentionally digging into something to, to create something that's divisive, who are you serving here? Okay, well, we're coming up on an hour, actually, we're 20 seconds away from an hour. I think it's, it's probably time to, to roll this up, roll up the old carpet. Be done with it. But the, because uh, I'm all the way through my chai now, which is really a good indication. I'm already into my backup cup here, which is awfully good, I must say. 
So, folks, tomorrow morning, uh, probably not going to be a show tomorrow morning. I may or may not have one. I don't, I'm not sure about it yet. Uh, I'm going to be camping. I'm probably leaving today. I'll, I'll get back on Saturday. If I do a show, uh, yeah, oh, boy, it, I doubt I'll do a show. I really doubt it. For one thing, I have very bad internet. But I might, what I might do is record a show tomorrow and then uh, maybe try to post it later on over the weekend. So keep, keep an eye out over the weekend. There might be a show posted. It's actually Friday show. And of course, Friday is when some of the news comes out. It's a, lot of the, a lot of the stuff happens with the people out there. God bless everybody. Have a great weekend. <laughs>